Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Makeshift is a documentary film exploring the art and science behind advertising industry's 20-year evolution. We hear from a range of leaders, from developers to designers to creative directors to founders at some of the most innovative agencies in the world, both small and large, digital and traditional. The film takes an inside look at how these makers and agencies have shifted, reshifted their skill sets creatively and as business people as the creative technologies have emerged, declined, and were replaced by new technology. It's an endless cycle of change. Makeshift shines a light on this beautifully frustrating pattern, celebrates the makers that have embraced the shift and thrived. It is all of that. And it will, I guarantee you, you will want to think about this film. You'll want to think about it as I am, as I will, I know, continue to think about the implications of all of this. And we're joined today by the co-directors of the film, and that would be Casey Suhan, as well as Tim Cowley. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank Thanks you for having us. Thank you. All right. What inspired this? Who, who, came, who came to who, who approached who about making this? Because I really, this is a film that's got me completely my all my sensors are lit up after watching this film where, where did it come from it, it was a chain of events as all films are uh, i run a small advertising agency in boston and my client i have a client called wp engine they're a tech company that hosts giant websites the biggest companies in the world would host their business or if you had a shark tank product you'd host it on wp engine it won't crash and you can do really creative things with your site so we were doing the stuff you you were talking about, you know, making little films and posts for the internet and those kinds of things. And they felt the shift and I felt the shift. And they said, Tim, do you think we could ever do something that isn't an ad that people could really embrace as entertainment? That's not selling somebody a, a, a point of view, but inspiring them. And I had actually done that once before. I made a movie called um, From Nothing Something. The, it was like, the, how do creative people make things? And I interviewed people from cancer scientists to Maria Bamford to Tom Parada to the guy who did the creatures for Avatar. And I said, like, what are the universal truths? So they were like, could you do a film? And I knew, I didn't know Casey yet, but I knew her company, September Club. I'm a fan of their documentaries. I'd made one documentary they had made many. And I was like, what if we did this as a love letter to people who are trying to fight the good fight and make things that don't pollute your brain, but actually put good things on the internet? What if it's a love letter to digital creativity and the history of people trying to do advertising right and surviving the change from the, the, the evil Don Draper era? And I lived through this. I started my career in the 90s. WP Engine's like, I think we want to do a movie. One of the clients there had a, uh, a background in Hollywood. Um, he had a background in agency. Yeah. Yeah. Presentation. Mm -hmm. So he was like, he brought that, his he rallied his team, came to me. I, ha I had that rear advertising background of being also like an independent filmmaker and an ad guy. And then I was like, but the, we need a bigger team to add credibility to the project to get people to sign on. Because ad people are like, 
You know that scene in uh, Breaking Bad where he goes, I'm the one who knocks? Like you can't trick ad people into being in an ad. So I'm like, let's bring in September Club to bring credibility to this as a documentary project and not, not strictly a marketing project. And that was the genesis. And the, the approach we took, you know, um, it was a really cool partnership, Mike, between WP Engine and the creatives there. And I'm going to call, they were creatives. They were truly producers and partners, you know, in the best sense of the word, and Tim. And it was this interesting kind of group of different kinds of brains working together. Tim had the expertise and the knowledge and like the history inside baseball view of advertising. Mm -hmm. And I was a complete outsider and I love being the outsider, as you probably know from my work. <laughs> and so I had that kind of perspective coming in. And what's interesting about this and what should, you know, what should we be talking about? And, and I can't wait to hear what conversations this film triggered for you, because to me, that's always the interesting thing about a film is not what it's about, but what does it trigger? And then, um, Carly and David and the other producers at WP Engine were really holding close, like we need to make something that's relevant and meaningful to like this core audience. And we were constantly like, let's make sure we're opening it up to people who aren't the core audience. So it was just, it was an awesome team. It was yeah. a really fun team. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of people in the film who go back into the history of this new age of advertising and some remarkable creative minds. And, and so it's very interesting to see that part of it, kind of how we went from the, the very beginnings of the internet and how it evolved. And I do remember one part of the film that talks about this. And I remember the sort of first wave of companies that came into the internet. I'm thinking of pets.com. A couple of those had just were, they just flamed out. And there was a fair amount of discussion about whether or not this medium is it just maybe it's a little too esoteric. It's just not something that most people will adapt to or want to use. And a friend of mine at the time said, well, no, this is the, the he told me, and I wish I'd listened to his advice because I would have bought all those, those uh, stocks from all those different companies. He said, no, these are the first people in that's just, it, it will find its, its level and it will take off like nothing else because it is the future. And the, you you cover that, and and this to me, and the reason I'm bringing this up is is represents this complete shift, this seismic shift in advertising, and the and the and the capacity and possibilities. Tim, I'll ask you to weigh in on this because this is your 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 field. Is that is that fairly accurate? What I'm describing? Totally, and the sentiment you shared just before our introductions about. Um, technology, one of the first quotes in the film is, we still have the brains of cavemen, but we have the tools of the gods. And what do we do with that? And mm -hmm. what does advertising do with that? Because we are Americans and every technology invented, this, the first question is, what does it do? The second question is, how can I make money off of it? Um, so I think that's, a, you're exactly right. And a little bit just reframing it, we obviously filmed this pre-COVID and basically released it just as the shutdowns were happening. The last thing I did in a crowded space was a sneak preview for the people who were part of it in New York. And it was really about how does a whole massive industry pivot? It's like all these fat cats had made television commercials since the Don Draper soap opera days. And, you know, 
secretaries, expense reports, all that madman stuff was real. And then this technology comes along and everybody's like, I can't make money anymore. What do I do? And some people curled up in a ball and died. And some people said, oh, I see opportunity. And then boom, the film comes out and literally simultaneously the pandemic hits and every company has to go, how do I survive this existential threat? And advertising is, is one of them, but it's all industry. So we kind of wanted to say, when you are charging ahead in life and something unforeseen happens, you can complain and go, it was better the way it used to be, or you can soldier on. Casey, in terms of, as you were diving into all of this and your meetings and talking to some of these, the most creative and innovative, and let's face it, brilliant people, um, working is certainly in the in the realm of of uh, the internet what are the common traits what are the common perspectives that these people shared and what surprised you about any sort of divergence in the way that they approach their work and i know i know that's a huge question but it, it, broadly speaking did you find something that you felt like was a kind of a driving characteristic for these people that's a that's an interesting question. You know, I always find people so individual and yeah. part of my interview style is I'm really interested, not necessarily in just what someone has to say, but I'm really interested in how they came to be the person that's about to say what they're about to say, because I think that's so informative, right? Like what's let their me, background, let, what's their personal story? Let me let me reframe that question then, yeah. because I think I, I want to be more specific. Do you find that they're more interested in the new, in the, the, what the next sort of way to get to people to affect their behavior? Or is it about the hunt, the money, the, the you know, being first in, in, into the... I, yeah, I hear you. I, I felt like there's a, for the, for truly creative people in, in, in both my industry that I know, but I saw this come to life in the advertising industry too. It's the curiosity, I think, that that kind of being interested in present and what's coming next. It's not necessarily true creativity, I don't think is necessarily driven by a money impetus. I mean, that's nice, right? And, and it, particularly in the advertising industry, you're there to deliver for your client. But when you look at something like the case study we talk about in the film, and the film goes through like all these different kind of time periods, right? Timestamps. And, and we tried to identify different um, campaigns that really pushed the art form as it was developing in the internet, advertising internet to like the next level. What's next? How are we going to engage the audience And now that we're on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. And so when you look at something like subservient chicken, right? Which was like the first campaign that everybody we talked to, we said, what was the moment when you knew the internet was going to be the place to play as a creative advertiser? Everybody said subservient chicken. And when you look at that, they weren't doing subservient chicken. When you look at that case study for them, that wasn't like the main, they were doing a big old TV commercial with a huge budget. And then they kind of snuck this creative piece in that's the thing that blew up on the internet. But the impetus there was truly like this creative drive. So I, I think that, and, and Tim, you can pipe in here too. But I felt that like with all the people that we talked to who were really doing like these innovative, creative things, it was that curiosity and, and creativity that was the main driving factor as they're exploring these new spaces. Tim, what would you like to add to that? The characteristics of 
the, the people in the film. I will dovetail, but I will say it in a more crass manner because Casey's good hearted and I've been working in advertising for 25 years. <laughs> I think it's like there's an element of ego in it. I think there is, oh, there's this impossible thing in front of me and I have an irrational belief in, belief in my problem solving and I am going to figure it out. The industry is telling me advertising is dead and we can't make commercials anymore. And it's like, I'm a creative person. I solve problems. So I'm going to figure out the technological challenges because a lot of people in advertising get it wrong. They think advertising is like, think of a clever way to say what the client wants to say. But it's like, that's, that's the table stakes. The people in our film said, I want to solve impossible challenges of running a successful company amidst the death knell of an agency that of a industry that's existed for almost a hundred years. I want to remind our listeners we're talking with the co-directors of this remarkable documentary film. As I said earlier, you're going to really want to watch this because it provides you with so much to think about. It's called Makeshift, and we're talking with Casey Suhan and Tim Cowley. They're the co-directors of the film. How can people see the film? Where can we go? Well, right now, I believe it's in April, right? It's going to be available on streaming platforms. So Apple and Amazon Video and um, Google, YouTube, and then all your VOD. Let the robots figure it out. Just talk to me <laughs> remote. They'll tell you. Put it in, put it in go, Google. That's right. The base of operations is currently makeshift.film. This is where I, this is the part of the, uh, the conversation where I, w- I want to sort of open it up a little bit. Because, first of all, I think there's a little, can I, just have, having watched these people, you know, the interviews they did, and it's just going to sound crass, but there's a little bit of a God complex going on here. Ego. And and, and that's what you're, yeah, I guess, and I'm just thinking of another way. It, it, goes, it reminds me of the, the, the I remember reading a uh, story about Led Zeppelin. You know, you, you know, the Led Zeppelin complex was you give four Englishmen, um, a pile of cocaine in an airplane and they think they're God. Okay. And, and because they were successful, people will, you know, the success is obvious. You see, you see the, the, it's immediate in this, in this industry, right? You see if you're successful or or if you're not pretty quickly, you know, fair. No, 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 it's not. I would say there are many people in the middle. Most people are in the middle or the lower part or get pushed to the fringes. Um, I think most of the time ego gets talked about in a negative way, but do you want to see Led Zeppelin with, with a uh, small egoed front man? No, that's right. That's, that's right. So sometimes I think ego is good and advertising is most like filmmaking is mostly be is 99% being told no. And the clients pay you not just to be creative, but to survive the process. Because like these companies have a lot of stakeholders and a lot of roadmaps and they hire a company to say, you are my blocking fullback. I need you to absorb the impact. This, there's areas, in, and you explore it in the film, there's areas of technology and the interaction between client, the company, and the customer. Mm-hmm. And we are approaching a point in the this relationship, right? And you get into this in the film where, people are adverse to advertising. They're advert. It, it's upsetting to me. I'm, as, as it's described in the film, I'm watching a YouTube video and right in the middle of it with, I have no control over it goes to an ad. 
And it's and never just, at a good place. It's never at a place that makes sense. Yeah. That, well, I think that's it. It's unexpected. It's in an yeah. unexpected place. Yeah. And so, and, 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 you know, and I think we're bombarded on a daily basis. If we travel outside of our home, or even if we're sitting watching the, uh, looking at the computer, we are constantly being drawn to advertising. It's, it's, I think it's fair to say it's pervasive. But the technology and the neuroscience and the psychology of advertising is evolving. And increasingly, I am finding when I go online that my internet experience is, is anticipating what I want now. It's now in the business of predicting. It's so good at predictive behavior that it's pre predicting what I want to look at, to see, to interact with. Where is this line? I mean, and I know it's evolving. I know this is something that is new in, well, I'll call it advertising. It's probably all across the board in terms of, of our interaction with our society. But in terms of predicting our behavior, as I heard, Google has 3,000 data points on, or not Google, maybe it's Facebook, 3,000 data points on every human being that that they have the data on, something like that. I don't think I know 3,000 things about myself, to be honest with you, but they do. Where are we where does this go? Where do we end up in 5, 10, 15 years now from now when we are essentially in an, in an environment that is anticipating what we want? I mean, just riffing here, I think we're at a crisis point right now on this very, very question, because I think that the danger in being fed by algorithms, what advertisers, uh, people who are trying to influence any influence campaign, right? That could be a political influence. Exactly. Campaign, exactly. Are feeding us content that isolates us from each other. And that's not the promise of the internet. You know, we did a lot of research when we were making this film, kind of trying to figure out landing on wh what direction were we going to go. And I came across the Clue Train Manifesto. I don't know if you've ever read that, but it's kind of amazing, like early innovators in the, in the internet talking about what that space could be. Basically and, do no harm, right? Kind of a thing. Well, it's about the conversation, okay. right? That the internet can have with people and among people and um, what great advertising can be and what we did we talked about this briefly before we started this recording like how movements can um, can organize and can fight oppression like there's there's really wonderful things that can be done here right but we're at this point right now where it feels like it's it's a little bit dangerous it can also radicalize. So it, the advertising space, I think, is a really interesting one because we've seen these creative people innovate. And a lot of the, we started having conversations and they'd kind of just tickle you in the film. And I think that, you know, we didn't have the space to really get into it in the film, but they're meant hopefully to make people think about these things is like anybody who's engaging in that space, what ethical considerations should we be thinking about as we're creating content for people, you know? And I think that that's something that at people who work within this space and the internet advertisers are one of those people. Me as a filmmaker, I'm one of those people we have to think about. Tim? And I think I probably feel even more strongly, like before I started my little company, I didn't have LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I'm terrified of that stuff. Uh, my wife will be looking at her phone and say, oh, that so-and-so is fighting with so-and-so about this thing in our town. I'm like, 
I want no part of it. I think it's dangerous. I think I have kids who are teenagers. The, the difference in the way they behave and interact is so startlingly different from what I grew up with. Um, I worry about the addictive nature, but as it re relates to advertising, I think advertising's like left in the dust. Like nobody's click, click, clicking on an ad. I like a Amazon as a service. I like Netflix as a service. There's lots of, I like ESPN, my bracket. <laughs> Those are things I, although my bracket's terrible right now, like historically terrible. Everybody's is bad. <laughs> Mine's special bad. Okay. Uh, I like all those things about the internet, but none of those things are advertising the in the interruptive way we started out talking about. Like right. that's what the film's about. Like none of the stuff I want to click is an ad. Right, but in this, what you just described is not immune from this trend. Netflix is not immune from. And it goes beyond just, hey, Mike likes sports movies, so let's recommend The Natural. It's more than that. It's a lot more than that. because I just feel like it's smarter than I am. I know that the internet and the people that are engineering what I'm seeing are smarter than I am. I think I can anticipate what they're trying to do. I believe that I know that they're trying to get me to, to go in a certain place on the internet. But I'm not. I'm not because I still have the cognitive ability to understand that I'm being manipulated. Mm -hmm. It's the stuff I don't know. It's yeah. the neuroscience I don't understand. Yeah. It's the it's the the behavioralists who are involved who know what I'm going to do before I do it. And again, I'm not trying to throw this on you guys in this wonderful film makeshift, but I, I just think that you're, to uh, Casey's point, we have to have this conversation. There have to be some sort of boundaries here. We're not giving out the launch codes on the internet. We're, there are things that we shouldn't do. And I think we have to have this discussion. And, and one thing I'm seeing trends in, because I actually, I'm a small company. I benefit from having data. So instead of running an ad, I don't need $10 million to run an ad for a lawnmower. People might live in uh, apartments and have no grass. So I can know like, oh, this person's shopped for lawn chairs because Amazon tells me that. But we're finding Facebook is changing its rules. Amazon is changing its rules more towards privacy. But then the media is going to get more expensive. Then products get more expensive. Then people buy less. Then capitalism finds a way around. I it's agree. Constant push and pull. I know. I agree I know. violently. What you're saying, I agree with everything you're saying. But we have, like, in the same way, we have to figure out an, a new way of looking at the First Amendment. The new, there's all kinds of things we have to look at doing differently. We have yeah. to. We don't have a choice. Otherwise, we're surrendering ourselves to. We're going to become Wally, right? From the movie, right? That's. I don't the think we. That's popped into my head during this conversation. Yeah, I don't Wally. think we want to become Wally. But go ahead, uh, Casey, did you want to add anything? It looked like you were. I think that what we have to remember in the film talks about this is yeah. that we, the person at the other end of this conversation, we have a lot of power, right? We have a lot of power. Yeah. The companies that are making content, we can, we can choose, we can choose whether we're going to engage with it or not. As we're thinking about these bigger issues, we, as a, you know, the consumer, the body politic have to be really engaged in these conversations. And I think like, like if we keep it in the space of advertising, you know, the companies just want to sell their stuff. So if we're, if we're holding them accountable to create content 
that is just important. <laughs> you know what I mean? We have to, I think like we're on this cusp too. And th this film is part of that, right? Yeah. yeah. This, this whole film is a way of engaging both like people, you know, an audience in general, but a very specific audience for WP Engine, right? Like we as people with conversations that we want to have, a company that wants to have a conversation with their consumer, they're going to be responsive to what we demand from them. So to me, that was so something that I thought about a lot making this film, you know, like reminding people you have the power. I agree with you, Casey, but I don't know what that looks like. Do we stop buying products? I don't know what what power we have. We have the power of to some degree over the government, which could impose some kind of regulations. But this is the other thing about the internet and about and advertising. These are these are to their core libertarians. I guarantee you that 90%, 95% of the people who are actively involved in Google or Amazon or whatever it might be have a very strong libertarian bent. The last thing they want to do is have the government tell them what they can and can't do. So, and they have a tremendous amount of political and money in to, to be able to affect that. So yes, you're right. But the actual practical application, the on the on the ground application of those ideas is very, very difficult in this political environment. And I understand their impulse to not want to be regulated by the government. But at some point, this is going to create an environment in which people are going to feel like they don't have any power. Because but I, I think, let's go ahead. reduce reduce the conversation. Volkswagen yeah. lied about their emissions. They gamed the things that read it. And people punish them that their sales plummeted and they were viewed as a evil company but, and they had to come out with a full mea culpa campaign and i don't know if they're back but they were in hell as a company right. so that that's not politics or anything well that's it, just tim it kind of is it kind of is the government realized that they were cheating on those well, that's on, true that's yeah the, and, the and made it made it impossible imposed fines on them and they had to leave america for three or four years now they're back with all electric they did learn a lesson don't let's not forget that the upper echelon of volkswagen for months said it was low-end engineers it, they had no idea that it was happening so i i i agree i this is i would love to i'm gonna run out of time here on my on my zoom link here but uh, you have started a conversation with this film, and I'm so happy to be able to tell people that Makeshift is that kind of a film. And however you feel about the internet, however you feel about advertising, however you feel about your interaction and your relationship to all of these technologies, you will get something from this. It will be a very thought-provoking experience for you. So um, thank you. Thank you both. The film again is called Makeshift, and we've been talking with the co-directors of that film, Casey Suhan and Tim Cowley. Thank you so very much for the conversation. Thank, thank you. Come back. I, I hope you will. Casey, you'll come back again when you've got stuff going on, and, and Tim as well. All the best to you in advertising and your, your endeavors. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Good to see you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.